peace we often forfeit. And though what needless pains we bear, <laughs> oh, because we do not care. when the singer said what a friend we have in Jesus oh our sins and grief and we say what a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often fall of it and will say, Oh, what needless pain we bear. We'll say that all because we do not care. So, Father, we come trusting you. You are the one. We thought there was someone else, but you are the only one. You are El Elyon to us. You are El Shaddai to us. You are Ebenezer to us. Thank you. What a joy. We honor you today. In Jesus' name. Somebody say good amen. amen. Well, before you take your seats, I want to deliberately give my gratitude to my friend and my big brother. I must add that part. So I make him feel old. He's old. But you know, I want to thank I want to thank him and honor him specially for consistency over the years and consistency with proofs of ministry for your obedience to the call of God. I believe for many of us here, we want to say thank you to you and Pastor Bola for the exceptional, excellent and exemplary work that you do. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I celebrate you. Well, somebody say amen. Well, you may be seated. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Want to take the time to also greet all the leaders. I miss my brother. Good to see you. The Lord bless you. And our audience who are watching all over the world. Thank you. Also, before I begin, Pastor, permit me. I, I saw my friend. I asked him to come. He came all the way from Bradford just to be with me in this one service. Please, Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is the CEO of Pure Worship Ministries. Please stand. Let the people recognize you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Amen. And Pastor Eddie and I have been doing business in ministry for over 30 years. Thank you for the gift that you are to us. 
Amen. And I also came with my friend who made sure he wants to make sure I'm looking okay. Babs, thank you so much. Over 30 years of friendship. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's do some work. I have quite um, a little bit of time. And then um, I'm going to try to drive a narrative. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read two passages of scripture. And then we're going to believe the Holy Spirit to give us utterance to exegete clearly the things that you require to enable you to live a successful Christian life. Romans chapter 12, I read in the King James translation, verses 1 and 2, if you don't mind putting it up for me, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. In the King James translation, it says, And I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Another translation would say, which is your reasonable service. Worship. Verse 2. And be not conformed. Oh, yes, I feel you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Be not conformed to this world. The word world there is not talking about where we live. The word world there is talking about the cosmic system, it's talking about how the world works. The world works, how it works. And Paul is admonishing us here that we should not be conformed to that system. And he tells us how we should not be conformed to it. He says it is by the metamorpho, the renewing of the mind. We're transformed by the renewing. Not by prayer. Prayer is very critical. But your life does not get changed by prayer. It is by the renewing of the mind. I don't have too much time to go into that. I would have explained again why that is very critical. That ye may prove. The word prove there means that you may experience. It must come into your natural habitat. And I'm going to show you that your natural habitat is the supernatural. That's where we belong. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are in it. We are not of it. And so we have to impose our citizenry on this sphere. Oh, glory to God. We must. I, I love how David expresses it in the 82nd section of the book of Psalms where he says, and you are gods. So you are not ordinary. Oh, if I didn't preach any other thing, you could just take that to the bank. You're not ordinary. You are super extra ordinary. The only reason why we are not experiencing that is because our minds is being conformed, is being shaped. And if you're not careful, it will, you would be in church, you would be zealous, and we're going to see most of that in the, in the exegeting this morning, but yet you are far from spiritual experience. Glory to God. And it says, again, leave the scripture up there until I ask you to take it away. Thank you. That you may be able to experience what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's look at another scripture, Proverbs chapter 18. 
Proverbs, the 18th chapter and the 20th verse, 20 and 21. Proverbs chapter 18, 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied. I, I need you to follow the scriptures and I, because I'm really prayed and trust the Holy Spirit to exp- expound it to you. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. <laughs> oh, God. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled, not the works of his hands. Verse 21. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Father, bless your word. Make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer. Inscribe miracles in the hearts of your sons and daughters today. In Jesus' name, amen. Your life is driven by the tongue. My subject that we are looking at today is the established believer. Your life is driven by the tongue. The words you speak directly determines the events of your life. It's important. I'm going to try and go out slow because I need you to get this. If you get this in a trajectory of greatness, for the rest of your life. The words you speak directly determines the events of your life. What you consistently speak out of your heart is directly responsible how your life events will be shaped. What you speak consistently from your heart. The reason why it talks about the heart is that the heart is the garden where God plants the seeds for greatness in your life. And whatever comes out from that heart determines the events of your life. I'm giving you a shocker now because God is not responsible for shaping the events of your life. God is not responsible. The events of your life can be in direct contradiction with what God has declared will happen but the events of your life will be consistent with what you have been saying. Consistent with what you have been saying. Someone says, I don't agree. Because we come from a cultural perspective that says that um, it is God who determines the events of one's life. The answer is no, God doesn't determine the events of your life. You do. You set the course of your life because the scripture has told us that I have set before you death and life. And God is appealing that you should choose life. He set it before you. If God was responsible, he didn't need to do that. But God, knowing that he has placed the responsibility of your success, of your growth, of your greatness, he placed it in your hands. And then in admonishing us, if anyone would admonish us, God will be the greatest, I would presume. And then God said, I put before you death and life. And in the next verse, it says, but choose life. So God is appealing. And then he goes on to tell us where that death and life is. 
He said, it's in the power of the tongue. Oh, glory is going to be good here today. I feel it. Look at somebody by your side. I say, I'm blessed already. Oh, don't say, yeah, yeah. Tell somebody by your side, I'm blessed already. So great happenings in your life will be dependent on if you are consistently saying what God says about your life. So the assignment for us as believers, interestingly, is to find out what God has said about you. Jesus, when he came into the temple in the book of Luke, the Bible says he opened the book and found where it was written of him. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The moment he found it and read it, he shut the book because a consistent declaration of what God has said about him was about to expose itself in the world. I want to emphasize again, God is not responsible for how your life will be shaped. You are responsible. He placed it in your hands. In fact, I love the way, Pastor, he said it in the book of Joshua chapter 1 and in the 8th verse. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of where? I can't hear out of where? Your mouth. But thou shalt meditate, ruminate, ponder, keep your gaze on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do the things that are written therein. For then, this is the caveat, you shall make your way prosperous. Glory to God. And you shall have good success. The success of the adventure that we have in God is dependent on how consistent you speak that word. Because the moment you're consistent in speaking it, there is an alignment between the forces in the natural and the forces of, that, of Zion where they intermeddle and bring forth your destiny. Please follow me carefully. The words you speak have deep lasting effects on your life. They have deep lasting effects. Let's look at James chapter 1 and in the 26th verse. James chapter 1, the 26th verse. Glory to God. Watch this. If any man among you seem to be religious, in other words, that word religious shows that if he has an outward appearance of being super spiritual, have you seen some of those kind of persons? Uh, and then we think it's, they are joking. No, it's their everyday life. They come to church. They come to church. Have you, have you seen where there is a single brother in church and then there's a single sister who's believing God for a husband? And then, Pastor, every time in church, this single brother, his tongues are deep. He prays in very deep tongues. And the sister is standing behind him and he says, Oh, Lord. If I have this kind of man, he will keep me, he will protect me, the prophet of my life, he will, this kind of tongues. If I'm hearing this in the house, our life is good. And then guess and get to the guy and find out that that was just makeshift. Because the moment he opened his mouth, you stupid woman. But yet his tongues were deep. They were not shishi poo-poo tongues. <laughs> they were deep stuff, man. Have you had some people's tongues? You won't stay there. You'll be intimidated. I remember one time growing up as a Christian, the guys that I used to look up to, their tongues were so deep. I used to wonder why mine was ma, 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 pa, 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 ma, ma. <laughs> but watch this. He said, if any man amongst you seem to be religious and breathes not his tongue, he says, but deceives his own heart, in other words, if your tongue is not bridled, you deceive your own heart. So he's saying, if you must watch, if you want to see somebody who is spiritual and on the course of greatness, 
Watch what he says. Not what he does. And I will show it to you from the scripture if time permits that there is the doing of the things of God with zeal but it's vain. <laughs> so you're singing, you're, you're the usher, you're here on time but it's religious. He said if any man amongst you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue, he said he deceives his own heart. In other words, there is no control valve to what he says. He speaks carelessly. That person deceives their own heart. Remember that you have the inner man, the hidden man of the heart. So there is the outward man and there is the inward man. You are deceiving the inward man if you can't bridle your tongue. The Bible says that man's religion, all this super show of tongues, your zeal in working in the house of God, it says it is in vain. The word vain there means it is empty and unproductive. Unproductive. It can't produce any effect because he can't bridle his tongue. What does it mean to deceive your heart? Let's look at verse 21. Give me verse 21 to 22 of the same book of James. Look at verse 21. It says, For wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the superior word. That word engrafted is not just talking about it being pressed in your heart. It's saying that it is the superior word, recognizing that God's word is superior to any other thing you see on the earth. Receive it with meekness, and it's able to save your soul. Verse 22, watch this. Watch this. But be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So the first thing the word does once you begin to practice it is to check and put a restraining license on how you speak. It's the first thing. As you begin to practice God's word, what comes out of your mouth is critical. Then look at verse 25. Go to verse 25. Quickly, verse 25. But whoso looks unto the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. So how are you blessed? When you are not a forgetful hearer, when you continue in the perfect law of liberty, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in all his deeds. Verse 26. Verse 26. If any man amongst you, so he's showing you here how you deceive your own heart by not speaking consistently God's word. So there is an outward form of godliness, but the real power of faith is not in operation. Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. Come on, I.K., come on. Come on, it's not easy to teach when you're a preacher, but it's coming. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Let's look at verse 1. The Bible says here, it says, brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for gateway chapel is that they might be saved. Verse 2, watch this. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. There's a zeal. <laughs> because you, you would almost think, sir, that our service in the house of God as zealous and passionate as it is, is enough. No, it's not. What's enough is what you say. Watch this, it's coming. 
It says, but for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. So let's, let's for example, um, a pastor introduced me to, uh, Pastor Paul introduced me to the protocol officers that will serve me this morning. Handsome looking dudes. These guys are fine. Two of them. Really fine guys. Even when I looked at them, I said, wow. And then they were very nice. I picked up my Bible. He was very courteous. He, he served with, with a degree of honor. He picked my Bible. He didn't pick it with his left hand. He picked it with both hands. Even at some point, the hands will even be shaking to pick up the man of God's book. He checked on me every time. Do you need something to drink? Are you okay? I'm here to serve you. He stood at attention. I felt safe around him. He, he, he kept quiet. The character of the officer, his, his, his behavior at that particular point in time was instant and excellent. He did everything right. Brought my Bible in. And the moment he walked out of that place, somebody just stepped on his feet. You are mad. Didn't you see me? All that service he did earlier was zeal, but not according to knowledge. That service is empty and cannot produce for him. You know, someone asked me a question a long time ago. I said, Pastor, and I just remember this now. I said, Pastor, why did Jesus curse the fig tree when he knew there was no fig? It was not the time of the figs. It's a very interesting question. And the Holy Spirit gave me an answer. It wasn't the time of the fix. So, I, I, you know, it wasn't the time. So why was Jesus demanding for fix? The scripture did say it wasn't the time. This is the reason why, watch this. The reason why Jesus cursed it was any time the fig tree had leaves, it meant that there were figs to be eaten. So when you saw a fig tree from afar, the way you knew it had fruit was the leaves that it showed. So to walk towards that tree and then being excited that you will receive something of it and you get there, there were no leaves. It was a contradiction, an oxymoron. It was not acceptable. In other words, there is a system that makes people feel that when you get to that point, I am fruitful. And then when you get there, there is no fruit. There is nothing in them that works. Thank you, sir. Nothing in them that works. So Jesus then says, I have got to put a stop to this. Where somebody will be thinking that that person's life is fruitful. And when we get there, there was nothing. It was a system. And God puts a stop saying, no more. And he showed us how to put a stop to fig trees that had leaves but have no fruit. How did he show? What did he show us? He said, verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say. That's how you dealt with something that wasn't working by saying it. He said, and whosoever shall say to this mountain. Jesus was pointing to a specific mountain. You know, in the church today, when we want to pray, he said mountains of trouble. No, that's not what Jesus was doing. It was a real mountain. And he was saying that if you deal with this new system, which was the law of faith, you will speak to that immovable thing and it will move. And he says, and whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where in his heart. Why? Because he has consistently been sowing the seeds of God's word through his declarations. I'm going to show you if time permits me. No, time wouldn't. That confession is not material. Lord, I thank you that I'm buying the Mercedes Benz. That's not confession. 
Confession was to first of all align you with the thoughts of God. So we spoke God's word consistently. That's what Jesus did. So he looked at the mountain and said, I, I, <laughs> I shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. This is the original translation of Mark eleven twenty four. 24. But shall believe that those things which he has been saying shall come to pass. He shall have what he has been saying. So if something is not working, check what you're saying. <laughs> Pastor Eddie comes into church now and then makes a declaration. He says, in the name of Jesus, all my single daughters are going to get married. The amens are so loud. Really loud. Full of faith. We thought that was faith. You know why? When I grew up in my Christian adventure, if the prayer meeting were not shouting, you haven't started praying. There was no energy. Say there's no power. The shouting was the power. And then we were still battered all our lives. Then we shouted the more. Still we were battered. But that's not what the scripture says. So, so Pastor Eddie declares that um, this year you will get mine. The amen is allowed. Let me show you how their religion is in vain. Then we finish the service. And then there's a girl's hangout at um, Mila and where was that place? <laughs> I saw, you know, in my hanging around with Pastor Bola and Pastor Eddie changed my life. Changed my life. I've made it. The places they took me to go, I've never eaten there before. While they were busy talking, I acted as if I'd been there before. I was saying, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> my days of McDonald's is over. <laughs> While they were eating, I took pictures of the wood and sent to my children, see you, I've made it, your father. <laughs> and, and so you go to the restaurant, a group of the ladies who were saying amen in church. Their amens were very strong. Then they got to the restaurant. Ah, the service was powerful today. Did you hear Pastor Eddie say we have husbands? Then a group of them say, yeah, you know, it's true. But there are no brothers in church. Where would you? That's, that's. <laughs> a double-minded man speaks things that are inconsistent with the word of God. That's why the Bible then says in that same book of James, let not that man think he shall receive anything. You have to be consistent in what was said. Aligning yourself with God's word. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't tell people that I'm going to be a millionaire. I am one. It's not, it's not for sure. I am one. I keep declaring it till I received it as an accomplished event. And then suddenly the inward man begins to show me the places where the money is. That's how it works. If you think your conversion is going to bring money, please let me say it to you now. If you remember you say, name it and claim it. That's theft. <laughs> that name it and claim it is theft. The wealth of the wicked has been laid off for the just. Be guess your money is coming. And you want to get God to agree with your crookery, crooked. You want to make God a thief too. Because God said, he that does not work must not eat. God said, good understanding procures favor. So your declaration was supposed to prepare a channel. And then all of a sudden you walk in the path and the light of God comes. Boom! Even God himself did things in process. He didn't give Adam everything. He created stuff in process. He wanted to fill the whole earth. He could have created all the human beings he wanted. He made two first. I am the head and not the tail. It's not by just opening your mouth to say it. 
is locating what God has said. So what are you really the head of? Find it. Because God's method, and okay, let me, let me give you this and I'll soon be done. Ooh. Did you notice that in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, in English language, what we read in the pastor is what they call in English language tautology. In other words, if you were writing an exam in English and you used the platform of tautology, you will fail. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 3, and God said, and he saw, and God said, and he saw, and God said. It doesn't make any sense. Proper English, you know we're British people here. The Queen's English demands that you say God said and write down everything he said. You don't have to keep saying, and God said, and he saw. But the Bible says that the scriptures are written for us upon whom the end of the age has come as examples. Why was God saying, and God said, and he saw? It was there for a reason. That was God's way of showing you how you were to take dominion. Because it would be an unfair of God to say, you should have dominion in chapter 26, in verse 26, and not show you how. The how was, he said, he said, he said, he said. And what did he say? Verse 3 says, and God said, let there be light. And there was what? In the original Hebrew translation, verse 3 is read this way. And God said, light in me be, and it be. It was consistent with what was in his heart. Are you learning anything? Let me give you one more. And I'm done. Let's go to um, Romans chapter 10. Let's go back to Romans chapter 10. Let me end it there. Romans chapter 10. And I end it there. Look at somebody before I read it and say, I am what I say. Don't say, yeah, yeah. Say to some. Say, I am what I say. In fact, tell that person, shake my hand now that you have the opportunity. <laughs> because after today, <laughs> you better shake it. Shake it now that my handshake is free. <laughs> Are you hearing me? <laughs> because this, my mouth is taking me places. Somebody said talk is cheap. It wasn't cheap. Is somebody hearing me? Glory to God. I said glory to God. Every morning, I, the way you know that I love people that are in the spirit, the way you know is if you go to their house, there are mirrors everywhere. If you don't have a mirror in your house, you're not in the spirit. Because there must be something that has to keep your reflection looking at you. This morning in the house when I woke up, there's a mirror by the bedside, the mirror on the dresser, the mirror on the wardrobe. I looked at myself after I dressed up. I said, man, child, God did all this. If I let me tell you, I was probably the last creation because God had to create all of you quick, quick. In my <laughs> you're too, you're on the reproduction line, plenty. They're my own. They took the time. Even angels were standing. Denzel has nothing on me. And I can prove it to you that Denzel has nothing. I'm talking to you, Denzel here. <laughs> Glory to God. You've got to keep pace with what God says about you. I said you are the head and not the tail. 
You are victorious and not a victim. You are winning all the time. You get to your place of work. I am here right now as a clerk or as a salesperson or as a middle class manager. But yes, God is about to give me the kind of ideas that will get me to run the company or run a competition or be the best at what I am. You keep declaring it. You seize the gates by declaring God's word. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. You have to be consistent even in the midst of failure. Then you look at that thing and you tell that thing, is that thing that failed, not me. Is the marriage that failed, not me. Is the business that failed, not me. I am not a failure. I may have made some mistakes, but God, oh, shut up. God is correcting by the wisdom of God. I will find out how to deal with it. And you keep at it. And then you become what you say. For as a man thinks in his heart, so you are not poor because you don't have money. You are poor because your thoughts are broke. You are poor because your mindset is broke, not because there is no money. For while men are saying there is a casting down, what should you say? It's that simple. While I was in the United States, in the middle of the pandemic where they said there was no money, I built a house. I didn't buy one, I built because we found it in the world. We were consistent with it. Said it all the while. And when the time came, boom, the idea to make it happen, happened. Glory to God in the highest. I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am winning all the time. I am handsome. I am healthy. I walk in incredible wisdom. I am the possessor of the heavens and the earth. The grace of God is filled in me. You keep declaring it. Somebody's angry, declare it more. They said to him, shh, don't make too much noise. The Bible says he shouted, Jesus, thou son of David. They said, shh, don't make yeah, Write your own confessions about yourself. Romans chapter 10, let me get out of there. Give me verse 3. Go to verse 3, quickly. Uh, five minutes. Verse 3. Look at this. See why nothing is working in their lives. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not, <laughs> have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Verse 4. Keep it coming. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Verse 5. Watch this. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law. This is the righteousness that Moses was describing. That the man which doeth these things. That's what I'm going to read it. That the man, he was, this is the one Moses was talking about. The righteousness of the law was the man that doeth these things. If you do them, you shall live by them. But look at the next verse. <laughs> Go to verse 6. But the righteousness, oh glory to God, which is of faith. It's not in the doing. Speak a cause. <laughs> not the doing. Moses said, if you do it, but it wasn't the doing. He said, Paul then says, but the righteousness. So there is the doing of righteousness. That's not the one. It's the speaking of righteousness. He said, it speaks in this manner. When he says in those words, in this manner. And he says, say not in thy heart. That's where the key is. Ladies, you are not mad because, not that because there is no man. It's because you have agreed in your heart that there is none. Mm -hmm. 
Did you get anything here? For in Matthew 12 and 37 says, for your, by your words, you are justified. And by your words, you are also what? By your words. Nothing more. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me say this here. Your words are a legal binding contract in the realm of the spirit. Your words. They are legal binding contracts. That's why the Bible says you should not say before an angel it was an error. You can't. It's a binding contract. Your career cannot rise above your speech. Your business cannot go further beyond your speech. Everything starts with words and it will end with words. You want to enjoy all of God. The righteousness of faith speaks on this wise. In that Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, in verse 21 of Proverbs 18, it says, And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The word love it there means, and they that make use of it shall eat the fruit thereof. Last scripture, Proverbs 12 and verse 14. And I'm done. Proverbs 12 and verse 14. Were you blessed today? Glory to God. Pastor, I'm trying. I'm learning this act of um, staying in the country. Watch this, and I'm done. A man shall be satisfied with good by what? <laughs> he said you shall be satisfied. That means you would, you would enjoy the reward of your work, and that work is the fruit of your mouth. And the recompense of a man's hand. So what you are working with your heart, first of all, has to be established by what you have said. So you, when you work, that's why, listen, ladies and gentlemen, listen. If you go to a church like, for instance, now, you're, maybe you're working here in church office and then, you know, you come to church, you're working very hard. And then maybe you're not being paid enough or something. And then you go out there and you join your colleagues and say, I don't know what's going on in that company. They are not paying us very well. Things are not working. They are very weak. I look at the bosses. You are cursing the works of your hands. They are paying you a salary. They are not meant to bless you. Your salary was not meant to bless you. This is what was meant to bless you. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Go back to chapter 18 and verse 20. Go back to 18 and verse 20. Let me show you this. Go back to 18 and 20. Praise God. Proverbs 18 and 20. Watch this. Watch this. One more minute. Come on, media guys. Help me out here. Proverbs 18 and 20. Watch this. A man's belly shall be satisfied. Did you see that again? With the fruit of his mouth. And what? Read the next part. And what? That means you have to increase what you have been saying. You keep increasing what you say. And then you shall be what? Stand on your feet. I'm done. So it's wanting to be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. But don't stop there. The increase of your lips. The increase of your lips. Keep declaring God's word. Lift your eyes and say, I am, I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am winning all the time. I am not afraid of what man can do to me. I declare today, from this point, I'm going higher. 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 In Jesus' name. Come on, clap those hands and bless God. Come on.